after the game, a conversation between me and my dad. Today, joined by my brother, Sam. We talk about the post-jazz game and all things sports. My name is Spencer. Hey, and this is Barry the Dad. Thanks for joining us. Sam, welcome. It's been a long time since we've done a podcast. It's been even longer since we've had you on the podcast. So it's good to have you here. The Jazz fall to the Memphis Grizzlies tonight. Um, a final of, what was it? One... 23 to 118. 123, 118. Five points. I mean, I'll give you my quick thoughts on a night when they don't have John Morant, Clark, or Adams, and we don't have THT, but we play him fairly well, but again, we probably could have won. Sam, what are your thoughts? Well, I mean, you look at this game, and it's the second night of a back-to-back against another solid team this time from the Western Conference. Uh, One thing that sticks out to me was just the lack of energy from the Utah Jazz. I feel like they were just a little bit tired. They played well. They shot fairly decent, but um, just their energy was lacking. And I think that uh, Colin Sexton would have been a a big part of that if he was able to play, but it's just unfortunate that he wasn't able to play. But I just think that it was just a a lack of energy. Yeah, lack of energy and some other stuff. Spence? Grizzlies are good. So no matter if they have Morant or not, but the odds going into the game, the spread where the Jazz were supposed to lose by a margin of eight. So if you take that into consideration, we only lost by five. So we exceeded expectations from an analytics standpoint, but um, or from a statistical standpoint. But I do think the we sh- didn't shoot the three very well at the beginning, and then we came out of the second half. We were down by about 12, and then we went on a 10 to two run, which really made the game a little bit more interesting. And a little bit more in our reach. So it would have been nice to walk away with a win here. We just have been losing a lot of games at the end. Yeah, I got to say, I sent a couple of things during um, the game. One being um, points off turnovers. We got crushed. The other one being fast break points. We got crushed. And I wish I could find the stat about second chance points. All three of those things to me are about hustle and focus. Points, I mean, our turnovers, we've had 21 turnovers where I think we had, I don't know how many we had last night, but not very many in Chicago. And tonight we just turned the ball over again and again. And then fast break, they just looked like they were layup after layup. One interesting comment that the Grizzly uh, play-by-play announcers said was, the Grizzlies are actually one of the top teams scoring in the paint. And the Jazz outscored them in the paint today. Any thoughts there? Uh, Spencer, are you there? Spencer, I think yeah. left. Oh, you did. Okay, Spencer's here. Yeah. Yes, Spencer, do you have any thoughts on that? Um, it's interesting because I, I mean Kelly Olynyk put up 19 points and he had eight rebounds and five assists, which is a pretty really good. It's actually a really good game for him. He usually looks to get about 10 points and only a couple of rebounds, but he kind of seems like he like um, it's it's almost like we're prepping or Kessler to take over for Olenek. I think Kessler had about five or six blocks, right? So he was manning the paint and not letting them kind of do what they wanted. And obviously they would get more points in the paint had Durant, 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 John Morant uh, been in the game. <laughs> um, if John Morant was in the game, he would have done his um, iconic jump from almost the foul line and dunk on yeah. us a couple I'm, I'm going to take us to a place where we didn't talk during the game about this, but I felt it all night. Laurie Markkinen comes off a really good night last night and a career night a few nights before in Houston. And he puts up 21 points on eight 
of 18 shooting, one for four from three. But I, this might shake a few, a few people listening, <laughs> or three of us. Dylan Brooks played really good defense on Markinen tonight. Got into him, bodied him, pushed him around, and he, re- he rarely was in rhythm tonight. We couldn't get the ball to him, and I think that hurt us. If Markinen scores his average, which I think he's been averaging like 26 of late, it's a tie ball game. Um, and then we let Tyus Jones go off and score another 20 points against us. I know John Morant wasn't in, and those points are making up for him. But I just don't think Markin had the night Markin usually has. And that might be a sign of uh, exhaustion emotionally as well coming out of Chicago last night. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think that, um, you know, in a situation like that, though, I mean, when your star player is not getting the touches and not getting the points that he usually does have, you have to have role players step up. And, you know, unfortunately, just looking at the numbers, looking at the way the game was played, it was a tough night for Malik Beasley. Um, it was a little bit of a tough night for Ochai. Um, just other role players struggle a little bit. I mean, we've been on the road for the past couple of games. Um, it, you know, we've the Jazz have played some hard teams, some good teams, and uh, it's just one of those games where the role players needed to step up, and some of them did, and just some of them didn't. We also yeah. gave we also gained some life when when we really shouldn't have given him some life, which helped him kind of go off. And I guess we do need to address that Clarkson did get ejected with the flagrant two foul on Bane after he hit him in the head after a frustrated interaction with him and then pulled up almost like he was going to fight again. And so that, without Clarkson's points towards the end of the fourth quarter, made things a little bit different. It almost seems like we are like a G League team at times, I feel like. It's kind of weird, but... I don't know. So Clarkson gets ejected, and then we still kind of hang in there for a little bit, and there was a little bit of life. But like Sam said, there's no real role player stepping up. Yeah, I wouldn't go as far as a G League team. This is a season team that played on the road within five that a G League team would have got blown out by 30 tonight and not held it together. One thing you have to give the Jazz this season, they're in games. And I was listening to the Grizzlies announcers. We're like 11 and 17 in clutch games. That's 28 games that are in five points or less under five minutes. And we are in games, rarely getting smoked or blown out, um, which shows the sign of a very mature team. You're right. Bench players tonight, not much happening for us. Um, Beasley ended up with 15. He strong-armed himself into the lane a little bit. Kessler had a really nice night, 10 points, 11 rebounds. Uh, Alexander Walker came in without THT. The surprise is, it's not a surprise, I guess I shouldn't say that, but Abaji, who had a career night last night, just didn't really have it tonight. And these 11 back-to-back games, which we've played already, I think that's the number I heard, I think are taking their toll. Yeah. Well, it's, it's noteworthy to point out that 11 of the next 13 games for the Utah Jazz are played at home with only one back-to-back. Um, coming, I believe, this upcoming weekend, Friday and Saturday. Um, and I think that it's, you know, it's a big test for the Jazz uh, to see who they really are. They've had a very tough schedule in the first half of the season, to say. And um, now we get to see how they play in front of their home court fans, how they play in the comfort of their own home. So, wait, what are what are we at home? Do you guys know what our record is at home? I do not well, What are we, 20 and? We're 20 and 23 now. 
20 and 23, our home record can't be, our road record's not great, our home record's not that much better if you're under 500, right? So, um, it's a little bit of a challenge there. Sitting at like a 10th seed, maybe 11th seed now, right? So I guess if we win about eight of the 11 road or home games, should be looking pretty good going into So now in the standings, we are behind the Lakers. That's what is happening to us. It's it's not pretty now. Um, well, you, now just need, you need to remember, though, the Jazz have had a top five toughest schedule in the NBA for the first 45 games of the season compared to yeah, other teams. Yeah, but we also, we also lost the team members. We lost the Rockets. And the I think Tuesday... I think Tuesday against the Cavs will be a, a great first game first game of the home stretch just because, you know, they're playing Donovan Mitchell. Uh, Laurie is playing his, his uh, former team. If Colin Sexton comes back, he's playing his former team. And I think that they could play with a lot of energy and potentially win and get the uh, home stretch started on a good There night. was something that I said. I, I, I'm hearing you, Sam. I mean, I believe that we're 12 and 7 at home, and um, I don't believe I know. We're 12 and seven at home and eight, eight and 16 on the road. So we're clearly better at home. I've said this along the lines to you guys throughout the season. And Spencer said it early on. In order for us to win, we need to be healthy, like 100% healthy. The, the margin of error for us without a full team is just like razor thin. And I understand. Well, listen, what happened tonight? I, for me, Olenek's not coming back for a while. He, he was out for two games, if you guys recall, on an ankle, yeah. and he did it again. If that's the same ankle, he's not coming back on Tuesday, and that's going to hurt. And Sexton's out with the hamstring, and that's going to hurt. And THT, they said, rolled an ankle. I don't know what that was, but he rolled – I didn't see it last night. But if we're not 100% healthy, Sam, while I want to believe what you're saying about coming home, if we're not healthy, I don't care where we play. We need to be 100% healthy, and everyone needs to play at a high level for us to win games, in my opinion. Well, we lost to the Cavaliers already this season, right? And that was without Donovan Mitchell? No, that was no, without Donovan. No, no, Donovan played. Oh, he played? Oh, yeah. We, we, the Jazz and I have contacts then. That's yeah. right. Um, it'll be interesting to see Donovan back in the stadium. I do think that if, if we're going to take this next chunk of 10 games and looking at them, most majority of them home, I think we stay or return back in the top 10 in the West after the 10-game block yeah. before the trade deadline. Which, where what are the, Sam, you were saying, what are, the, what are the next 10 games? Do you have the schedule there? Yeah, should we go through it together? Yeah. So and we start off be... with the Grizzlies on Tuesday. No, oh, no. The, sorry, the Cavaliers. Sorry, yeah. Cavaliers on Tuesday. So let's, be, let's have... be clear. Let's be clear. That's probably a loss. Oh. And, you know, I, I strongly beg to differ there. I do. I do. I do okay. That's the best fact that I'm, Sam's going to be at the game and Sam's undefeated. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm taking notes. Sam, you say win? I say win. Spence? Win. Okay, next game, Sam. So we play win. three days later. On Friday against the Magic at home. Okay, that's a win. Let's just be clear. That needs to be a win. Everybody says a, a win. He's in a way. Yeah. Now, who else? What's next? So then we followed up with a back-to-back on Saturday at home against the 76ers, which will be tough. So that's a loss in my book. Okay. Embiid's been 
to it back. What do you, yeah. What do you What do you say, Sam? Yeah, loss. I think I think that's a loss. We struggled to match up Denver? against. I say it's an L. Okay, uh, Cavs, Magic, Sixers. Who next? Who's next? So then we go back on the road to Minnesota on Monday, two days later. I think that's it's a, a loss. Tough. I'll go with a win. What did you say, Sam? Um. I want to say that it's. We can be. I want to say that we're going to get the, the the win. Okay. No, don't think too hard about this. What I want to do is let's run through them, and then we're going to come back to all of them. Just give me your real gut quickly. Next game after Minnesota. Uh, we're home on Wednesday against the Clippers. Two days later. I think that's going to be a tough one. I think Paul George and Kawhi Leonard are coming back, and Kawhi's been playing better. So, I think so I'm going to say a loss. Win. Sam. I'm sorry, who said what? Uh, I said loss. I said and, win. Okay. <laughs> Spencer's the optimist in the first five games. After the Clippers, who's next? So then we play two days later on Friday against the Brooklyn Nets at home. That's a loss. Loss. That's yeah, a loss. If, if the Nets are healthy. Then next? Uh, two days later at home against Charlotte Hornets. That's a win. Okay, I'm going to say win there. Yes, same. Fence? Yeah, it's a win. Okay, that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Two more. Um, then two days later, we go on the road to play the Trailblazers. Ooh. Um, I'm going to say loss. Sam? Uh, I'm going to say loss. Yeah, I'll go with loss. And next? Three days later, at home against the Mavericks. I'm going to say win. I'm going to say win. Loss. Uh, are we did the all-star break yet? No, so we still have four more games at home in a row. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Uh, what's the next one after the Mavs? Sorry, what? What is after the Mavs? So then we play at home after a three-day break against the Toronto Raptors, which I will be there, so that is a win. Okay, I'll say win. Win. Okay. Two days Let's later, Friday yep. against the Atlanta Hawks at home. Win. 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 Three days ben. later at home against the Dallas Mavericks again. Okay, I'm I, I'm gonna split. So I said win last time. I'm going lost this time. Okay, I'll split it with you. So you said lost. What do you say, Spence? Lost. All right, then the final one before the break. Um, it's not before the break, but uh, yeah. Okay, whatever's before the break. Two days before, two days after that, we are home against the Minnesota Timberwolves, which I think we win. We win. win. Okay, and the final one. Um, so there's three more until the All Star break, Dad. But how uh, do we have so many more games before the All Star break? I was just talking about the 11 of the 13 at home, and then shortly after, that's the All-Star break. So in the, in the next 13 games, we'll stop there. Well, this will give us a good idea on where we'll be in the trade deadline, like who we'll be trading. Right? I feel like by after the next of the next 10 to 13 games is where we really get to see who we're most likely going to be able to market and who we want to go after. Yeah, for sure. And, and I'm going to tell, tell you guys your records. Keep talking. One, two. 
So I was going to ask, because Clarkson, and maybe we need to clarify this for those listening, Clarkson did not sign an extension of his, his I don't know how the contracts were. Yeah, here's, here's the deal about that, Spence. I've seen one line by Mark Stein. He did not sign an extension. I don't know what he was offered. I don't know what the terms were. So it's hard for me to say why he did it. But if it's the player option, which is what he's, he has, it's 14.1. And I'm sure he's like, I'm worth way more than that. If Colin Sexton's worth... 17 or 18, I'm worth what he's worth. I think as an NBA player, knowing the salary cap is going to go up and uncertainty of the team until it's built, I don't blame him for I don't think that says anything about him not wanting to be in Utah, personally. Yeah, I, I completely agree. So yeah, those, 13, th- those next 13 games, which would put us um, – so, so the next 13 games – you guys both say we'll be eight and five, which would put us at 500. Right? 28 and 28, yeah. 28 and 28. I say we go six and seven. So I, I'm, I'm a little less than the two of you. If we went eight and five, if, if we finish the season at 500, we're in the play. Right? Yeah, because we were 500 going into this game and we were in the play, right? No, we were 20 and 22 going into this game. Yeah, no, we're two games. Yeah. Yeah, if we, get, if we go 41 and 41, we're in the plan. We're in the plan. We might well, not get, you know, we might be the ninth or tenth seed in the plan, but we'll be in the plan. So you think we'll, you think we'll win more than 35 games? More than 35? Yeah. Definitely. Definitely? Yeah. Okay. Man. The way we're playing right now and we're not healthy, I would say no. If we do not get healthy for a stretch of games, we will not. So let's go to the next thing. And you kind of ushered it in, Spence. Um, are we going to trade? Are we going to make some decisions? Sam? Well, I mean, there's only two decisions to make. For I mean, there's three decisions. You know, you stay, you stay, Pat. You don't do anything, right? One of the other options is you trade for win-now players, which could be some veterans, or you go on a fire sale and you just get future assets, such as draft picks, for Clarkson, um, potentially Vanderbilt, and potentially uh, Mike Conley. Those are the three options that you have. Yeah. It, it's, it's, yeah. It depends I, I was going to say, Spencer, it's going to be interesting to me because – interesting, interesting whatever, to me because – who are we? We still don't know who we are. Because after tonight, if you really wanted to throw this team away and just rebuild, Markinen is a centerpiece. I think we've all I, – I will say I would build around him. He's that good. You have a lot of money wrapped up in Sexton. I don't think another team's going to take him. I, I just think it was a big contract that we, just, we needed to get to get rid of Donovan. So you have those two, and, and Ochai Abaji looks to be a player. This guy played well in college. He won a championship, and he looks to be a player. Those three, I think, are safe. Is there anyone else that's not? Kessler is safe. Kessler. All right. So with those four, I'm not saying Sexton's a big-time answer, but I actually think the future looks bright if you wanted to go out and trade everybody else for picks and tank. Yeah, I mean, it will see. It depends who's shopping, and it also depends where we are come the trade deadline. Because 
I mean, it looks like we're on a we're on a downward slope. And so I could see us just getting it depends who because no one's going to really want to pay a lot for Conley, you know, and like unless they feel like they can win it the next year or two. What saves this team as it's currently built, like winning five or six in a row? Does it make you go, okay, well, we'll just stay pat for the rest of the season. If we can get up to 500, you know, in the next 10 games, then, then yeah, I think that we, we try to make, we try to make a push in the plan and potentially get past the first round, pull an upset. That's what I think. It's only worth keeping all these players if we're above the eighth seed. So we have to be seventh seed or higher in order to, in order for this to be worth it. I think. I just, yeah, I think that you have to be 500 or higher. I think that you have to have some type of a winning record if it's not 500. And you guys, I don't, you guys think we'll be at 500 before the break. Interesting. Yes. I, cause I also think, cause there were like recently, we've lost, like you said earlier, uh, clutch games. Every single game has been like a clutch type of game. So you're right. It's, we aren't our record shows i mean numbers are numbers but we aren't losing like maybe the lakers were losing before they passed us you know like lakers were getting blown out every night and it's like oh they, they are bad you know well, and, would you and, would you be sad if they traded conley and clarkson and vanderbilt at the deadline well, I mean, if you're doing that, then you're most likely trading them for for picks, right? And I think that if you do trade for them for picks, in my opinion, if I was in charge, then you know, in the next year or two, my whole goal would be to rebuild fast, and I would trade those future assets for ready now players for all stars to build around marketing. Yeah, this is a this is a tough one because I've kind of fallen in love with these guys, but. Well, um, but- rid of Conley and I wouldn't mind getting rid of because I think Conley's past he's on a fast decline and then I think Vanderbilt there's gonna there's a hundred not a hundred but there's a lot of players out there that can play his role and so let me tell you let me tell you a contract that is favorable right now Malik Beasley makes 15 million it's a team option team option which means he's actually a free agent at 16 million next year a team might want him as a sharpshooter right now. And and because they know they rent that him like the Lakers. Then they rent him and then he's he's in the on the market. I think he's the most susceptible to this. The For next sure. one the next two that are like that are Clarkson and Tucker with player options. And Clarkson probably doesn't want 14 million. So a team's got to take a chance on that player option. And Taylor Horton Tucker's at 11 million on a player option, which will decline. So he'll be done. Yeah. You, you think he will decline that? We will. De- we won't. We would sign Clark's. That's why the news is out about an extension because they probably said, Hey, now's the time to talk about it. Do you want 14 too? And he probably said no. And they probably expected that, but you're not hearing anything about Taylor Horton Tucker. Yep. Yeah, but it's it's his player option. He decides. Right. So they're not out there. I I yeah. I guess I'm wrong. I guess. Yeah. I hear you. 
One thing to go back to the schedule over the next 13 games that I, when I was reading out the schedule, something that stuck out to me was we have larger gaps between games, two to three games, two to three days between games, which we have not had all season. And we're going to be at home. We're going, the players will be sleeping with their families, with their girlfriends, whoever it is, and they will become more comfortable, I think. It's a very good point. It's easier, job. it's easier to do your job when you're comfortable. I, I think they'll be able to pull off. I more. will say, and this is me making an excuse, but I did see Markinen was gassed tonight. I, yeah. I, I do think Dylan Brooks played him hard, and that even made him more gassed. I thought that Clarkson was on a roll in the third, and I just think he was like, how can we continue to be behind? And I think that frustrated him, and that's why he took that swipe. Right. And yeah. And I think that Conley was on a back-to-back, and his minutes were a little bit less. And but having again, I'm going to go back to what I said ten minutes ago. We have to be healthy, in my mind. We, to, in order for us to be a good team, we need everyone. We need Colin Sexton playing in this game tonight. We need yeah. Out of all the injuries that we've had, we 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 need Colin Sexton to play. When the Conley injury was. We were rolling, and we went in and beat Portland that night, and then we just the wheels came off. If he was, and, I, and, and I, David Locke says he's talked to him and says that he is still not a hundred percent, and he's played ten games this way. Well, because we realized fast how important our guard is, and so maybe he came back not prematurely, but he came back at a because we need it because because then you look at our like who we go to, and all of a sudden like our whole rotation our whole bench is just messed up when our starting point guard isn't available right. or, or isn't available plus Fontecchio hasn't played in like 30 games yeah he hasn't even seen the floor and his, I don't know his he was remember he had a career game and then he was out I mean he's he's cheap well, boy I, 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 I all the things that I've said about Danny Ainge amongst the three of us the dude's built a year where he has so much flexibility, it's unreal. For sure. So, so much flexibility. So do you think the Jazz are – are teams going to shop the Jazz? Like, are they going to come to us and say, hey, this is – you have what we need? Do you think we're going to be a high uh, – Well, high, I, I think yes. – you, you guys said it a minute ago. One of you said – like I said, Beasley's contract is done. He's on a favorable contract. So they're only going to have to pay him half of $15 million. So wouldn't you come and get Beasley for $7 million right now if you're a team? I would. For sure. I think that Beasley is definitely on team's radars. I think that uh, Clarkson can go in and benefit a team. And I do think that a lot of general managers around the league look at Vanderbilt as someone that they could bring off the bench as an immediate spark plug. And Vanderbilt's making $4 million a year. Very, I can't believe I'm going to say he's cheap, but that's pretty cheap. Yeah. So, so Spencer, in answer to your question, if if you're a team and you have a guy who's making seven million a year, no, if would the Jazz might actually say, I want that guy making seven million and I want a first round pick. Could you get it for Beasley? Probably not. You got a first round pick for for Royce O'Neal. That's what I'm saying. I think that the market is a little bit skewed right now. I think that Malik Beasley would definitely, you know, be an upper first round pick, like a. Anywhere in the 20s, you know, with a team that's already doing pretty well, I think that they'll try. I mean, if, if you want a guy coming off the bench making threes, even though he's spotty, and you're running for a championship, I don't know what team, maybe even the Lakers. 
you might want a Beasley. So, yes, I do think teams are shopping us and answer your question. So I think Ainge likes that. It's kind of like when you are playing, like, Catan or something, like a board game. You just stock up on a bunch of, like, commodities, and then you just wait for everybody to come to you, and then you can run it. And I think that's what Ainge wanted. The interesting thing about a trade, I believe, and then we'll end on this. I'll ask your thoughts. I believe our team's chemistry is really good, and they like each other a lot. But I think emotionally it's fragile that if one guy gets traded, it's going to hurt the psyche of the team. And I think our season, if Beasley leaves, don't you think, here's the question, if Beasley leaves or another player leaves, do you think it will impact our psyche as a team? I think there's micro cultures within our team. I I don't think it will affect marketing as much. And if he's our centerpiece, then what really matters? Um, I do think the role players will be affected when a Beasley leaves. And I do think other players like having Beasley on their side. And even being around Clarkson, just because they have a good or cool swagger about them. But I, I think Markin is just happy to play. And if Beasley leaves, like, yeah, he'll miss like a hype man or something. But Markin is just Markin. I mean, it's weird saying, but then like uh, Olenek, he could be gone. And I feel like he's a really happy person in the locker room and that could hurt. Yeah. Sam? I mean, in my own honest opinion, I think that Coach Hardy keeps the team close together. I think he he's a younger coach. He's uh, he's in there with the players. I think he's fun with the players. I think the players like him. And I think that if a player like Beasley were to be traded, were to be, uh, you know, taken from the team, I do think that the team would still, you know, work well with each other. I think they'd get along well. I think that's because of Coach Hardy and uh, his, you know, willingness to be there to help them get along. I don't know. I think that Coach Hardy is good at that. Yeah, Hardy was wearing a Kessler shirt. Was it yesterday? I know. Yeah, that's great. I liked what you guys reminded me a minute ago. It's not a bad core to build from. And if I'm a big-time player, as much as whether I like going to Utah or not, if I have a chance to go play with Markinen, Sexton, Obaji, and Kessler, I'd go. It's not a bad core. Yeah, it's bright. So, all right. Anything else? Did you want to talk about any other teams, or are you, are you good? Because – I think we've been on for a while, no? Yeah, it's been about 35 minutes. Yeah, yeah we can do anything we want. No one's listening right now. All right. I think we're done, though. Okay. Right. Thanks, Dad. Thanks, Sam. Yeah, thanks, All right, Dad. Sam. See you, Spencer. Bye. Right. Bye.